Jeff, 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 Jeff. Jeff Steins, our national and presidential expert, noted author. Find his books over at Next Chapter Books at TotallyIowa.com. The Iowa Politics Report and the Iowa Business Report come to us from KXEL in Cedar Falls, Waterloo. Hello, Jeff. How are we today? Well, I can't speak for you. I'm fine. And so, therefore, if you're fine, we must be tremendous. Okay. Well, you... Okay. So, I got your press release uh, in regards to the, uh, (laughs) the barbecue... Uh, that you're 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 going to be apparently are you working the grill that day? No, we already had it. It was uh, uh, our caucus cookout okay. is what it was called. Caucus cookout. And it was uh, last Saturday and we had 250 people and some presidential candidates and a fine time to be had by all. And I know you love yourself some smoked grilled pork loin. Well, is that what? So, were you? Were you? Did you have the kiss the cook apron on? Were you serving up platters full of that? What what candidates came up to you and said, "Hey, I I'd like a, a you know some breast meat." Well, you know who who is the, the 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 candidates that showed up? Okay, first of all, pork loin. So that is not breast meat. I don't know. I, don't I knew. Know. I knew when I said that the Iowan and you would come out. It's like, how dare you, sir? All right. So you 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 got a slab of pork loin. Who did you who did you feed first? In, in a big grill. I mean, we had professional grillers. This is not like I got a little bag of Kingsford and fired up burgers. No, okay, but we I would pay money. I would pay money to do that because you want to know the truth is in Iowa you could do that and you'll still get about twenty of the candidates out there. Well, absolutely. So I mean, we had Ramaswamy. We had Larry Elder. Uh, and we, you know, we had half of the campaigns represented in one way or another, either the candidate, a spouse, or a surrogate, yeah. and uh, the food was free, and it was <sighs> air conditioned. You'd have showed up. Oh, well, dang right, I would. Well, I mean, I mean, okay, I'll say this about Iowa: there's some things, you know, every place has its pluses and minuses. You will not find better pork or corn any on the anywhere on the planet than Iowa. It is delicious. Did you have corn on the cob? No, we actually had uh, the pork loin. Okay. We had um, some fine Iowa beef burgers that were grilled up that okay. were quite tasty. Uh, we had potato salad. We had baked beans. We had ice cream. Okay. What more do you need? Obviously, an invite before and after the fact. Is this why you sent me the press release afterwards, just so McNeil wouldn't show up? <laughs> Gosh, I thought I told Patrick to tell you. He's not there to defend himself, <laughs> no, right? Okay. I thought it was safe, yeah. Hey, and, but one thing about this, none of the food, none of the food was on a stick. Now, oh. yeah, you see, that's, there's, always, there's always an opportunity for an awkward candidate photo when you put something on a stick, man. you got to do better than that. It was awkward enough. But we're going to do uh, something similar at the National Cattle Congress next month. And you could come to this. Okay. We are having our our 8th annual celebrity cow milking contest. Oh god. I've got tender hands. Let's see what I can do. <laughs> well, uh I think the cows would appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's, come to think of it. No calluses on that man. Uh so <laughs> they they we we started calling it the celebrity milking contest and then it was pointed out that's not really what we meant. Mm-hmm. We were milking cows. Well. 
<laughs> celebrities were milking cows, and we had to change the name, and, and it was much better. So uh, you can come to that and see how you do. Well, you know, if, if you're needing celebrities and there's going to be milking involved, hey, I'll be there. But you have to have the baked beans. I'm, I'm a big fan of those. So just make sure well, you're there, there you and, and I'm there for the milking. All right, so. Um, I have some baked beans left in the fridge if you want me to hold on to them I, until you get here next month. I have month. zero doubt you have like a punch bowl of baked beans left over because that's no, what always happens. Better. It's a white, it's a white bucket with a <laughs> lid and a handle. You know, it's it's like real live K twelve lunch lady bucket. <sighs> All right. We are going to change very <laughs> we're going to do a very direct change here. We have to talk All about right. this. Mitch McConnell, okay. he froze up again. Uh, this is if, okay and uh, and this is clearly he's having some problems here. He was uh, he was unable to speak with reporters in Kentucky one just month after another episode he had on Capitol Hill. There have been some other reports that behind the scenes he's had other moments where he's just frozen up. It's, you know, I, you know, we've we uh, Diane Feinstein over in California. We've had you know questions about um, her her ability to serve, and there are some questions here. The reality is, is that yeah, I, I think if you're getting to the point where there's questions about your ability to function in the job, regardless of what political party, you know, all my best. Go get the help you need, and you know, you, you know, in regards to McConnell, I, I I'm going to only guess the only reason he's still there is because the governor of Kentucky is a Democrat and he'd be able to appoint the replacement. Well, he also doesn't want to give up the power yeah, well, during moments sure. that he might be, might be lucid. Now, any Republican who over the last three years has pointed at Joe Biden and said what, uh, you know, that he's failing and he has cognitive problems, etc., then every one of those people needs to look at the video I saw today of Senator McConnell. And again... This was, to me, Matt, far worse than the, the very public freezing at the nation's capital. It was frightening. And I am not being nasty about it. The man took a fall and hit his head and was hospitalized. There is obviously still problems resulting from that. And it doesn't have anything to do, to your point, it has nothing to do with political party. It has nothing to do with age, actually. It has to do with, do you have some issue that makes it difficult for you to carry out your job? And this is, this is just frightening to see any family not intervene. And, and again, Senator Feinstein's another perfect example. Uh, what this does to the people's legacy, oh, it, it's, just, it's just horrible because, to your point about Kentucky, Democrat governor, well, don't want, don't want that to happen. Uh, California, if she were to resign, yes, there's a Democrat governor, but who does he pick because there's an election next year and you have a whole line of Democrats already running and you have charges of favoritism? That all should just not matter. Yep. You know, how about a little grace well, for these poor human beings? And, and I'm going to just say this about California, is that there are plenty, it's California, there are plenty of Democrats... Heck, I mean, I, I think, you know, you'd even be, and I know some Democrats might get upset about this. I think you could put someone like Schwarzenegger in there, and and, and I, I don't think anyone would really have a problem. I don't think he has any intention of trying to run for that office. I think you could do something like that. He'd probably be, you know, you can find someone in California that has nothing to do with that race and put them in there. 
I, I think what you just said, though, is that the question comes down to is if the individual that's having the trouble is still trying to seize the power that they have, then, you know, you have to have you help someone behind the scenes is like, OK, power is one thing, but this is not how you want your legacy to be written. It's grace. It's compassion. And we have a country to run. Yeah. All right. Let's not forget that. And so, again, I say to folks on either side. If you've been pointing at people, people on the right, if you've been pointing at Biden and Feinstein and saying how poor, uh, you know, bad off they are, then you better be singing the same song about Senator McConnell, who clearly, clearly has issues, and vice versa. I mean, anybody on the left who's saying uh, Mitch needs to go, well, look around. I mean, at what point will there just be compassion for the human being? Um. There's a, another issue. I want to actually retouch on something that you mentioned last week, and it's, I think we need to do a little bit of a clarification because I had multiple listeners call up and just kind of ask for a little bit of clarification on something you said. And it's sure. in regards to the right to a speedy trial. And you had made the point that Trump, you know, the, the right to a speedy trial is not something the prosecutor is able to necessarily bank on. It's something the prosecute the person that is being prosecuted can use if they want. And we're already seeing in Georgia some people who say they want a speedy trial. But right. the way that I think it came across is, and this is not what you're meaning, is that no, Donald Trump does not have the ability to look at a prosecutor in any of these cases and say, well, you can't prosecute me. I'm, I'm entitled to go to trial when I want to. You don't oh, have to prosecute me until, till, till 2030. It's, you know, in the case of, uh, in, in both the Atlanta case and the D.C. case, it seems like what they've done, the, the, the people that are bringing the charges have really laid out a pretty tight case, which in their mind doesn't feel as if it needs a lot of extra time. It's when they set that timeline up, that's where you go from. So the, the prosecutor, the person that's prosecuting the crime, they're going to put out their suggestion of when they would want the trial to start. That doesn't mean that the judge has to go with it, but it is also a, a kind of a guideline for where at least the prosecution is on the case. Typically, it's a 90-day period for speedy trial. That's the case in most jurisdictions. So if you are arrested, the defendant has to invoke speedy trial. The idea is to make sure that prosecutors don't arrest someone, anyone, have them in custody for years on end, and then just never tries the case. So the right to demand speedy trial is solely the defendant's. However, once they waive it, it does not mean that they control the calendar. The only way they control the calendar is to ask for a quick trial within that, that 90-day period. The, the one thing now, if, if you want to look at, at uh, the Trump case where they said um, March 4th, Right? That's the uh, Day before that's the case in D.C. Yeah. Okay? So let's just do some rounding here, because we're almost to the end of August. That's all of September, all of October, all of November, December, January, and February. Right? Yep. Six months from the time they have set the trial date to the trial. That is not an uncommon calendaring. All right? So... I know those on the right are saying, well, that's right next to Super Tuesday. Well, it could be right next to not as great Tuesday two weeks later. I mean, you can always find some reason. You know, well, you know, you've got Thanksgiving and Christmas. Those are two days. 
Okay, mm-hmm. so the, the point that the judge made in saying, I understand there are other things that Mr. Trump may want to do, and this is where the problem is going to come in. She said, this case takes priority over other cases. Mm-hmm. Not really sure how that's going to go over, because if there's anything, and I say this with respect about a judge, the judge believes their jurisdiction is superior to all others. But leave that one alone. She said, just like any other criminal defendant, this one has to arrange his commitments accordingly. And a lot of them on the right said, well, that's terrible. Well, it's six months from the time they set the trial day is when the trial would be held. If there are issues in the discovery process, if there are issues with regard to witnesses, statements, interviews, all the things you do leading up to a trial, if there are issues that mean it is not fair for either side, one or the other, to have the trial that date, you make a motion to have it continued. Okay, mm-hmm. the idea of saying 2026 because they had two and a half years to get up to get the case together, I should have two and a half years to get ready for it. That's nothing but showboating, and we we said that at the time. So I mean, it's you have to make sure that this defendant is treated the same as others. Would others have a six month lead time for trial? Mm-hmm. I would suggest yes. When you have complexity like 18 co-defendants and trying to remove it to federal court, does that change the dynamic? Yes. But again, when these prosecutors have said, we want to do this quickly, well, once there's a waiver of speedy trial, it's only the judge who determines the trial date, period. In in Atlanta, you brought that up. Uh, there's a few of the, mm-hmm. the, the, of the 19 that do want to have a speedy trial. And it sounds like Fannie Willis is trying to the, to get it to where they're going to include all of them in a, a speedy trial. Um, you know, we'll get back to Mark Meadows here in a second because there's another issue there. We'll talk about that after the break. But I want to talk about the you know just the legal side of that. In in a, Ra- a RICO case, is that a possibility for the the district attorney or the whoever the prosecutor is to basically be able to say, okay, wait a second here, it's a RICO case. I don't want people trying to manipulate the system to basically try to, you know, give outs to, uh, you know, give outs for themselves and give outs to other people. And so then we're going to just, if, if one person wants it, we can move the whole thing. Can they do that in a RICO case? Or is that still individually that they're se- separate, even though it is a RICO case? Well, they are each charged separately and they can be found not guilty or guilty separately. And so if I'm the, the criminal defense attorney, and you're telling me I have to have a trial sooner, and it jeopardizes my client's right to a fair trial, I'm going to resist. That's not an automatic. Now, obviously, the DA is going to say, well, i got to have all of these mopes in the courtroom at the same time in order to make my case. Well, I don't know that you really have to. And the thing is, if some of these people, as they have, have invoked the right to speedy trial, you cannot get around that. Mm-hmm. You have to, because that's constitutional. I mean, that, that's, that's black-letter law. Uh, whether or not you can force a defendant who has a valid claim to not, being, not having enough time to prepare for trial, boy, that's a tough one. Because mm-hmm. now you're, li- you're, you're, you're opening up appeal issues. 
Well, and and also in the, in the idea of the speedy trial, the people that are being prosecuted, they're trying to beat the, the beat it to the punch. They they don't want people flipping, and if they can get this their court trials done quickly, then before someone else flips, they might be able to get away with either a lesser penalty or no penalty at all. So I can see that, but I I just don't think even if they went with a speedy trial, which I think is mid October. I don't believe that I, I gotta believe there's gonna be at least a few Cirque du Soleil flips going on here before too long. Well, I mean the trapezes are set up yes, out there are. at the CNN Plaza <laughs> just just for fun, you know, Peachtree Plaza and trapezes on Friday midday. Well, here's one thing though that, and I, I have not studied this enough to know that this holds water, but a lot of those who are demanding speedy trial in the Atlanta case are lawyers, and. They're setting up a defense of saying, I simply gave legal advice. I didn't act on anything. I simply gave legal advice. And if they can peel apart quartets of defendants, in essence, and they get acquittals on, I was just giving legal advice, that makes it a very different case going down the line against the ultimate target, which is the former president. Here's where that, and, and we don't have really time, but the, the one problem they run into with that is that they had case after case after case that was thrown out. So at some point, their legal institu- intuition should have kicked in. Maybe we don't actually have the right, you know, the law on our side on this case. So I've heard some people say that that is going to be a little bit of a problem for them. We'll take a break. When we come back, Mark Meadows, I want to talk about him directly because I think there's some bad news coming down his way. It doesn't mean that he's definitely not going to go into federal court, but it seems like the the judge that's weighing this idea is thinking about splitting these charges up, which is not going to help Meadows at all. Jeff Stein joining us with his usual Wednesday visit, 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Jeff Stein joining us, getting ready to fire up the, fire the up King's briquettes out there for us. Uh, hey, Jeff, uh, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about Mark Meadows because Mark Meadows put out a case. His, he's trying to make the argument that he can go to federal government or federal court uh, because he says he was acting in, a, in the capacity of the White House. It's interesting because the judge has come back and he's actually asked the, yeah. the Franny Wills, can you basically break these charges apart? Because it, apparently he feels as if there might be one or two of them that might actually be there. But he's also saying there's clearly some ones which do belong in Atlanta State Court, which is the bad sign for Meadows. Because if he has even one charge there, it's 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 not something I think he's prepared for. What, what's your thoughts on that? Thoughts on that. Well, first of all, well, first I can now all, hear can you now through hear the stream yard. I couldn't yard. before, I so I don't know what fixed, but now everything's wonderful. If you split charges, one of the things that you're doing is you're having to now go two different places, and that's the part that you're getting at. That doesn't really help him. You know, it's sort of like he needs an all or, or nothing. But um, what I found interesting was he's showing up at these hearings and talking. And oh, yeah. A, you know. Are, are you sure you really want to? Yeah, ask me anything. I mean, it's sort of like he's he's very happy to tell the story. And, and as you and I have talked previously, he's, you know, the one voted most likely to flip by the, uh, 
right, the class of 23. <laughs> the, the Cirque du Soleil the institution, yes. I mean, this is this is battle of the uh, network circus of the stars kind of kind of thing here. He's just flying through the air. No, I, I think he's it. He is the one who did himself the most good at the January sixth grand jury, and he's now trying that that same literally singing like a like a canary here. Uh, and I and I don't I, I don't know I don't I, he's certainly um, being consistent in terms of the story he's telling, and that could help him. Uh, avoid wearing a striped uh, jumpsuit for a few years. And you can you can hear me right now, Jeff. Yep. Beautiful. So the question then comes in is as you as you said, he basically had a a bunch of this where he was out there insisting. Oh, this was Trump. I was following Trump's orders. I was following Trump's orders. Isn't the argument he's making that is unless all those charges get put to federal court, as you just sort of said, he blabbedy 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 blab. I mean, my my thought is is that if this goes back and stays in this court, he they can admit all these con- things that he said into his case, can't they? But did it hurt him? I'm not sure anything he said hurt him. Because, mm-hmm. for example, if the best that they have is that he, uh, the president asked him to get a phone number for somebody, Meadows gets the phone number, he connects the call, you know, did he go beyond that? I don't know. I mean, the, the indictment is very much a kitchen sink sort of an indictment. And, and, and the idea is to get as many people in there as possible who have their necks on the chopping block to then give each of them little pieces of the puzzle that then they can use against the former president. And well, so who cares if he's blabbing all over the place? I mean, yes, they can use it, but he obviously thinks that he's got a pretty good uh, defensible situation. Well, and he, he also did do the I don't recall stuff with, you know, when you say, who do you know who's on the call with you? I said, I don't recall. I don't think that's going to play well. It, 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 that case is, I think that case, a lot of that case is going to stay in Atlanta. Jeff Stein, once again, will re-air this on the weekend. Find his books at Next Chapter Books. We'll talk to him next week. Hour two, that's coming up next.